0: And welcome to Kickest Boomers. My guest today is Gramps Jeffrey. Gramps has four children and six grandchildren and looks at how kids are growing up as a baby boomer trying to understand how the world has evolved since he was three years old. As the author of the acclaimed business book, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart, and a contributor to the Huffington Post, Of over 100 articles on how to help the nonprofit world and also help grow small businesses, Gramps' commentary is quite timely in the challenging world we live in. We will be discussing his new book, I Don't Want to Turn Three, and other topics. Welcome, Gramps. How are you today?
1: Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I think it's great information for grandparents, so I'm happy to have you. So we'll start out on... With the first question, you started as a writer with business books and as a contributor to the Huffington Post, and then you made a big switch over to children's books. How did you do that? Why did you do that? Give us a little background there.
1: You know, living uh, this past year because of the pandemic caused by the COVID-19 isolation, except for being able to be with my family, kind of gave me special time to watch and interact with my grandkids. I got to tell you what a trip that was. (laughs) Because, you know, all six of these grandkids have completely different kinds of personalities. But the one thing they do have in common is their sense of curiosity and how excited they do get when they do accomplish something. You know, watching them grow year to year and how they interact with each other really is the basis for this book.
0: Oh, that's great. So tell us about the theme of the book, because I think the book has a certain theme to it. So what's the theme?
1: Well, the real theme is that what age... Do you begin to take responsibility for your actions? Is it three years old? Is it thirteen years old? You know, is it twenty-three years old? I'm a baby boomer, and I got plenty of sixty-three years old that have never taken responsibility for their actions. You know, Absolutely. So, so you know,
0: I've seen that too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now that's the real theme of the book. But you know what goes through a toddler's mind? The parents are just so desperate to understand. You know, when does a toddler understand the difference between me and us? Yeah, this explore, this book kind of explores how this family finds out together. And I guess it's a real question is when do we really understand there's between me and us? You know, we're talking to baby boomers, do we? Some
0: people never get to understand that, I think, unfortunately, (laughs) but hopefully by the time you're a boomer, you do understand that. And I think we do, which is why now that we're not, most of us aren't working full-time anymore. Some of us are, but if you're not working full-time, you have more time to spend with your grandchildren. You have more time to do other things. So I talk a lot about volunteering and, you know, doing something to keep active. But if you have grandchildren, what better way to get to know them and start Establishing some kind of a relationship, and the earlier the better, right? Oh, well,
1: yeah, you, know, you had mentioned that the, the one of the other themes of this book is how has the world evolved since I was three years old? You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know that's, that's really always so, also part of the story. You know, my parents didn't have cell phones, you know, they didn't have the internet, they didn't have cable TV, they didn't have remotes. I, I was my dad's remote, he said, Son, go change the channel. You know, I was the remote at the time. Right. You know, so, you know, and their definition of discipline and how they disciplined us in the 50s and the 60s is completely different than how parents are doing it today. So, you know, is this made for a better place for children to grow up? Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll let your uh, listeners kind of answer that question, you know, how they, uh, they, they start to figure out how they were treated versus how we're treating our kids today.
0: Yeah, and I think the one thing that kids learn technology really, really early, like like right away. You see little babies with cell phones in their hands and iPads in their hands. So they're learning that right away. But the one thing they're not learning as much of is how to be a social being one-on-one. So that's probably something that Grandparents can help them with because I see even 20 year olds that don't know how to pick up the phone and make a phone call because they're so used to texting and everything is on social media, on Facebook and all, but not face to face. So they don't know how to be a real social being. I think we have to teach them that. I think that's something that they're missing right now.
1: You know, I I definitely believe that this latest generation, these kids from one to 10 years old right now, Mm -hmm. is going to be the greatest generation. This country has ever produced, and for the very reason that you're talking about, you know, they came out of the womb in the electronic world, you know, on cell phones, on the internet. You know, they learned all these kinds of stuff before. I, I think about when did I learn that stuff? I didn't learn that stuff until I was 40s and 50s. You know, they, they learned all this kind of stuff with electronic right now. So you're absolutely right. It's the role of the grandparents to offset that, and, and one of the reason is. You know, because as we grow older, we grow wiser. And we grow wiser decade after decade because we make a lot more mistakes. So the more mistakes we grow, you know, we become a little wiser. So we need, to, we need to pull that out to them. And that's why it's just so important to get kids to start to learn how to listen and to read early on. And that's one of the roles of the grandparents. We've got to get them reading books now, you know, obviously I want them to buy my book or read it, but there's thousands of other great books out there that we can read to them. When you think about it, why do we as grandparents need to get these kids to, 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 to read books? Well, there's all kinds of benefits to reading early on. They'll teach them as they grow older. You know, one of the things, the, the reason we need to get the, the little kids reading books, it helps with the bonding. Of a grandchild and a grandparent. You know, you got them sitting there on your lap. It's a great way for you to spend time together. Nice, quiet way rather than running all around. So, so that's one of the reasons we should make an effort as grandparents to read our kids' books. You know, another reason that we should have these kids, you know, learning how to read, read books and, and reading books to them is it helps develop listening skills. Now, you and I know as we grow older, Listening skills are the best skill we can have, because if we have the right listening skills, you know, then we can communicate better. We can we can teach better. We can sell better. Whatever we do, as long as we are listening, you know, it helps. So right when you got the little kid, when they're two, three, four, five years old, get them on your lap, start reading a book. This will help develop those listening skills that they so desperately are going to need. And one of the things that we can pass on to them, that you know, they're not going to figure that out as they're watching the internet or on TV. You know, another reason why we should be taking the time to read these kids' books is because it helps with the cognitive and the language development. Now, think about how many different words these books have it gives you as a grandparent a chance to sit there and explain words to them teach them words and it's right there in, in front of them so and there'll probably be words we don't even know but it's a good way for us to learn learn some of these things you know as, as we're teaching them to read and another reason you know that, that we should be reading books to these kids to offset all this great electronic things that they're they're learning is because it it helps with the attention span you know you think about it when you're two three four you're bouncing off the wall all day long. But again, you get them in your lap for 20 minutes. You sit with them. It helps with the attention span, which is another trait they are going to have to learn how to do with everything else they're doing as they progress in this world. So I encourage all of your listeners, make sure, take the time, take that little effort, read a book to your kids today.
0: I think that's great advice. Now, I have a question because a lot of people have grandchildren all over the United States, all over the world. Have you tried doing this on Zoom or or some other kind of platform like that, reading to your grandchildren that are out of state? And does that work?
1: Well, interesting that you, you talk about this because, again, I'm going back to our generations. I, I know in my case, I grew up in a small town in Ohio and uh, my uncle lived up the street, and my grandmother lived two blocks away, and we, we were all together, okay, but in today's world, that just doesn't happen anymore, and taking me for an example, you know, I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona, I'm lucky I have two of my grandkids here, but I've got two other grandkids in, uh, in Austin, Texas, I have another two grandkids in Orlando, Florida, they're all over the place, you know, so, so the key is, you know, a little two, three, four, three, four, five-year-olds, they're not going to pick up the phone and call you. I mean, this doesn't happen. So we have got to come up with all kinds of ways to, to, to figure out how to keep in touch with these kids. I'll tell you what I did, and I'm sure your listeners you know, have other ways that they are doing and so forth. But I noticed that when I had, I had all six of the kids here for six weeks during COVID, so I had really a real chance to, to, to bond with them. And the one thing that they all love, two, three, four, five, six, even eight-year-olds, We're dinosaurs. Now, I can't tell you why, but it's like the language of little kids. They all talk dinosaur to each other. They can tell me, you know, when they're two and three years old, they they tell me the long name of a dinosaur just comes off the ground like there's nothing to it. They tell me, you know, that dinosaurs eat meat, which ones eat vegetables. They know all that kind of stuff. As far as I'm concerned, dinosaurs are small, medium, and large. You know, that's, that's my knowledge, but that's their way of communicating. So, Knowing that, that one of my kids from uh, Texas and Florida went home, we figured, how are we going to keep in touch with them? What is that bond that we can create? Well, we decided, you know, we got six dinosaurs here at the house, and they were familiar with our house, both inside and out. So we decided that every night, we would have the dinosaurs do something different in our house. So for instance, you know, they were in the refrigerator eating blueberries one night, another night they were washing dishes with grandma and they had soap on their noses. Another night they were playing the piano, another night they were walking up the steps. So we came up with 50 different nights where these dinosaurs are doing something inside the house or outside the house. So we were able then to become part of the routine of these kids. So what happened was like the kids in Florida, you know, they would take their bath, mom and dad would read them the story and they look at mom and dad and they say, what are the dinosaurs doing tonight? And said, we got a call. So they would call my wife's uh, iPhone so we can do FaceTime. And they say, where's Gramps? Where's Gramps? What are the dinosaurs doing tonight? So that was our way of being able to stay connected completely and, and get with the kids and, and, and be able to still be part of their lives but I'm sure that your listeners can come up with and tell you other ways to do it too.
0: That is a great way because remember the elf on the shelf at Christmas? Oh my God, the elf on the shelf got so much attention. This is kind of like that. You've got these dinosaurs doing all this different stuff in the house. That's really unique and very interesting. And I think that would grab the attention of a lot of grandchildren. But maybe they have another interest. So you use whatever their interests are to get them to want to talk to you because I think that bond is important. And the more they want to call you and talk to you, the better it just helps that bond be even better. You yeah.
1: know, I mean, we have to realize that we only have like eighteen years to be with these kids, and probably less as they become teenagers. But we only have a small period of time to 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 influence them, because then they go on in their own. Now, at the same time, you know, we as a generation. we've got to take advantage of every single day because, you know, COVID has just destroyed these baby boomers. I mean, when you think about it, that, you know, 16% of the U.S. population is over 65, but 75% of the COVID deaths came in people that are over 65. So we lost a lot of people and we're still losing people. And so we got to make, as grandparents, we got to view this as we're here today but could be gone tomorrow what can we do to influence these kids we have to push ourselves to get involved you know and, you know and going back to to our discussion about you know reading books to them when when you think about it if you, if you can get if you can get going with reading books to your kids it really has you a chance to 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 teach them with all kinds of questions so for instance you know and i highly recommend if you're going to read a book to a kid, let them pick it out. Everybody's got 20 books, kids' books laying around the house. So just, you know, let the child pick the book out so that they become, you know, you know this is their this is their experience. And then even before you open up the book, say to your child, you know, what do you think is going to happen in this book? And it goes back to our philosophy that it's necessary to teach children how to think, not what to think, but how to think. So as we, as grandparents, can teach our children how to think, then this is going to help round out everything else The learning through all the electronic things that they are uh, exposed to today. So if you keep in mind that you want to have your child, you know, realize how to think, then when you're sitting with this book, you know, make sure that you ask them, what do you think is gonna happen to this book, okay? And then once you're you're reading the book and, and you're with them, you know, during the reading, you will say, who are the characters in this book? You know, what, what is the setting? Can you relate to that? Does, does that happen to you? Have it happened to any of your friends? So, again, getting to think, because we have to get them to think how to think. You know, again, not what to think, but how to think. You know, during, during, during your reading of the book, you want to find out from them, does anything sound familiar to you in this book? Right? Again, want them to think. And then when, you, when you're done reading, much like we should be doing dinner time, we ask them how their day is going. You know, what was your favorite part of this book? Why was it this favorite part? Again, if grandparents can take that time to teach them how to think, and you can teach them how to think by asking them questions, you know, then that's part of our role that we can't forget. You know, Us baby boomers, we're, we're a pretty selfish generation on the whole. You know, a lot of us, I think it's close to 40%, have said, I raise great kids, let them worry about the grandkids. Well, you know, <laughs> in, in this world today, with us here today and gone tomorrow, we got to jump in and we've got to be that influence that helps these kids grow up.
0: And I think a lot of baby boomers do want to do that. So, and especially maybe females more than males. And I wish the grandfathers would get more involved, but I think the grandmothers are always involved. We love being around our grandchildren. We want to be a big part of their life. We don't maybe always think of reading with them because we think, well, that's something the parent does right before bedtime. But I mean, any time of the day is good for reading a book. Pick up a book and read because I think if you can instill the love of reading to children, that opens their minds and it does help them think better. Even if you don't ask the questions, questions will pop up in their mind as they're reading the book. So if you can get them reading, they'll be better people.
1: Never lose sight that we are role models, these little kids. Absolutely. You know, if, if they see us on our phone all day long, I can tell you that when they grow up, they're going to be on their phone all day long. If they see us on the internet all day long, that's what they're going to do. So we are the role models. You know, if they see us reading a book, maybe they're going to grow up to read a book. Yeah, you, know, you, you you don't want your kids to spend a lot of time on the screen. They're going to spend as much time, a lot of time, but, but you don't want to spend it all day. So they're going to reflect what, what you do. I mean, a great example is, you know, if, if you say a cuss word to a child, two, three, four years old, I can guarantee you, you're going to hear that same word four more times that day.
0: Absolutely. Right? How do you know, happen? No. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, the way to try to offset that is, you know, you, if you say the word by mistake, come up with things they like, blueberries carrots, you know, <laughs> dinosaurs uh, right afterwards. So that kind of loses the sense, but you know, we're not deflect it. But but they reflect you. They imitate you. And so that's why we have got to just make sure that we are doing becoming that kind of an influence on these kids.
0: Absolutely. And, and maybe another thing we can do that maybe they can watch us do. A lot of boomers are starting to keep journals on what they're doing and what they're feeling and things like that. So if I think if they see us writing and they see us reading that combination is fabulous and your grandchildren, what do they think about your book? They must be like, wow, my gramps wrote a book. That's great.
1: I had four of them here a couple weekends ago, and Olivia, who's the oldest, has just turned nine, grabbed a copy of the book and for some reason ran under my desk with the other three. And they didn't know I was around the corner, and I was listening to them, you know, her reading the book to these other three that were with her. You know, and Levi says, that's, that's me in the bathtub. And, and Jackson says, ah, that's me with my dinosaurs. You know, so they were very involved in that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Now, I noticed you, you mentioned keeping journals, okay? Interestingly enough, that's how I started my writing career. When I was a uh, junior in college, my best friend and I decided we were going to backpack through Europe. And so we spent 11 year, weeks in, in Europe, and we did all the you know, backpacking through, you know, rode the trains, we, we slept at youth hostels, we did the motorcycles. I mean, we really lived like it was. But for some reason, I said, I'm going to keep a journal of what we did every day. So I kept this daily journal of, of who we met and what we did and, and the emotions we had and the people and all that. You know, and I, I just kept that journal and, and I, I put it away. And my friend called me 10 years later. He says, you know, I was just reading this journal. He says, this is spectacular. It really gets you, gets you going. It really is an emotional thing. So, you know, I, I guess when I was younger, I decided I wanted to be a, a writer, but you know, I, uh, I went into the business world instead. And so keeping a journal is great. I think everybody should do that because it just it just it helps. And again, that's another thing we got to make sure our kids know how to do is write.
0: You know, so,
1: <laughs> yeah, we got to be able to read and keep their journal. That's, that was a great idea.
0: Right. So if they see us writing and they see us reading, they will imitate. So the more we're around them, if we're lucky enough to be around our grandchildren, then we can sit down with them and do those projects. Some grandparents sit down and color with them. And that's good, too, because that's good for eye and hand coordination. But whatever you can do, like, I think it's hard sometimes you just... Don't think of the different ideas to become involved with your grandchildren. But once you do it, you're going to love it and you're going to want to do more of it. So if we start thinking more of let's read to them, let's read with them, maybe let's write a little, maybe they can write down what they did that day also while you're writing in your journal. I mean, all that just helps make them a better person, I think.
1: Well, the other thing we have got to offset is this pandemic has kids reading less. I mean it, just, it is i mean according to the united nations educational science and uh, cultural organization they call it unesco there are in this world 584 million children that are experiencing reading difficulties now 584 million you know before the pandemic that was 460 million so there was a 20 percent increase around the world of children that are really having reading difficulties you know that wipes out all of the gains of the last two decades in educational gains that the world has seen. So, you know, the Stanford Graduate School of Education, they just released a study that said that second and third graders reading fluency is now 30% behind what would be expected in a typical year. Now, the, the, the issue is the reading fluency, you know, they help helps you develop your academics so that you can learn other things, whether it's math or, uh, you know, civics and things like that. So we, we've now as grandparents is, is, our, you know, we, the baby boomers think we were the greatest generation ever, you know, now <laughs> let's prove it, you know, let's, let's get in there and let's help get these reading back up for all these kids, whether it's your kids, or the homeless kids downtown, or other places where you can volunteer, let's get involved with that. We got it. We got, you know, this pandemic wiped it all out. We got to get it back. And that's up to us as the elders now to do
0: that. That's right. And we have the time. Like when my kids were little, I have four children too. I didn't have time to do things like this. But now that I'm older and I'm not at least dealing with kids every day, I'm still working and I'm doing the podcast, but I still have time to do other things. So maybe... Grandparents want to go into the schools and see if they can get involved with helping the kids that are having difficulty reading, sitting down with them and reading. Because just reading to them, their mind will start picking up words and they'll be able to read better as well. So maybe we just need to go into the schools and help out more.
1: Well, when you think about it, we all want to leave some kind of legacy. Mm -hmm. And that would be a great, great way to begin. You know, talking about legacies, talking about questions we were talking about earlier. There's one question that I I would, I wish that every family would ask their child, you know, every day. And that question is, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? Now, think about that. Yeah, again, you know, when you take a look at my book, it's t- talking about the conflict with the children fighting over toys and, and how they resolve that and how they finally end up uh, giving all the toys to to the homeless. But but the 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 idea that they're always fighting over something, these little kids. So if you can if you can start when the kid's two years old and you start asking, "What did you do that was nice to someone else today?" You know, initially you know, maybe they'll start to share their dinosaurs with their cousins. Maybe that'd be a first thing, you know, maybe if we ask that question every day to our kids, you know, by the fourth or fifth day, they're going to say, well, they're going to ask me this question. What can I do to be nice to somebody else? You know, whether it's helping an old lady across the street or opening a door, you know, but can you imagine if every family and every grandparent asked their little kids today, this greatest generation coming up, What did you do nice to someone else today? How that could change our society when they grow up? I mean, this could be the beginning.
0: Absolutely could, because then it gets them thinking about it every day, because they want to be able to come home and tell you what they did. They're going to be proud of that and they want to let you know. So I think we everybody talks about kindness a lot, be kind to others and, you know, try and be kind every day. But if, yeah, you're right, if you ask that question every day, they'll start making sure that they do do something kind for others every day because they're going to want, want to run home and tell you about it. So it could change the world. Absolutely. You
1: know, keeping in mind that technology is there to help you achieve goals. And Mm -hmm. so if we can combine technology with questions like this one, Mm -hmm. I think this generation can really achieve some great goals.
0: Absolutely. And and we've already seen it with the kids that are maybe a little bit older than that 11-year-old because of the technology. There was one kid that was in high school that made an arm for a child that was missing an arm. And he did it all with, I think, a 3D printer. I mean, how do these kids think this up? How do they get the measurements right? How, how is a child like I think he was in high school, so maybe a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old. How do they even do that? But they do it because of the technology. And he wanted to help this little child. He saw them on Facebook or something. The poor little boy didn't have an arm. And he said, I'm going to make one. I'm going to make an arm for him. Uh, It's amazing. So, yeah, the younger ones are going to be able to do even more, even more with technology.
1: And so we just got to get involved. I guess that's the message of today is we as grandparents get involved.
0: Get involved. I agree. I agree. So where can my Boomer Nation find your book and find out more about you?
1: The title of the book is I Don't Want to Turn Three. Now, that's the title of my book. Um, You know, if you think about it, we could do, I don't want to turn 60. I don't want to turn 70. You know, there's all kinds of ways I don't want to turn. Um, You know, um, my next book I'm working on is I Don't Want to Turn 4. In fact, uh, my my granddaughter, uh, Olivia, came to me last week. She just turned nine. And she says, I got a great idea for our next book. She says, let's call it I Don't Want to Turn 10. I said, what do you mean you don't want to turn 10? She says, well, you know, I I, got to start worrying about driving. And she says, I'm I'm getting a little worried about it. I'm going to have to learn how to drive a car. I said, that's that's seven years away. Why are you worrying about it now? (laughs) She says, and and I got to go pick out a college. She says, I don't know where I want to go. I said, that's nine years away. Why are you worrying about that now? So at at every age, you know, we worry about the future. So in my books, I don't want to turn three, but, uh, you know, think about your own life. (laughs) Maybe you don't want to turn 10 like Olivia so anyway to answer your question my book i don't want to turn three uh, you can buy it on amazon or barnes and noble or about 100 other sites on the internet uh, or come to my site it's gramsjeffery.com and so uh, that'll that'll help you with that it will give you more information Uh, and if any of your listeners want to continue this conversation or or talk about other things, please have them email me at grampsjeffrey at gmail.com. I'd love to continue the conversation.
0: That sounds wonderful. Why not? So for those of you who are out exercising or doing something else, because that's typically what we do when we're listening to podcasts, something else, I will have that information in the show notes. All you have to do is go to kickassboomers.com. You'll see Gramps' picture, click on his picture, and the show notes pop up. So you'll get all the contact information. And I encourage you to contact him. If you have grandchildren, buy the book, talk to them about the book. It's just a good way to bond and become closer to them and learn to be an influence for them. So I think it's a great idea
1: great well thank you very much
0: you're welcome thank you for being a guest today It's been great. I know that our baby boomer nation is uh, really enjoying this information and it'll start them thinking well okay I love the the story about the dinosaurs that you had all over the house doing different things because then the grandchildren want to call you so that's one thing but that might start people thinking and they'll think up their own things which will be great. It's really really been full podcast with lots of ideas it's been great.
1: Thank you very much.